Hey guys, Andy T here. Uh, welcome to another episode of Recovery Friends Podcast, where people who are in active recovery from addiction come on and tell their stories of how they got sober in the hopes that somebody out there who may still be in active addiction can hear the stories and possibly get hope for their own recovery. Um, we do not speak for or are we affiliated with any 12-step programs or any other addiction or recovery-based entity. The experiences um, and the things spoken about here are solely the uh, experiences of the speaker and not the opinions of their chosen path to recovery. All right. Now, with that, uh, first off, I want to apologize. We haven't put out an episode in a while. Uh, we've been in, on a bit of a hiatus, but uh, we've got some recorded episodes in the bank, and uh, we're going to be releasing them here, hopefully weekly. Uh, so uh, today, our first episode back is my friend Maddie. Uh, uh, this was a great episode. Uh, it was really uh, great to hear parts of her story that I hadn't heard yet, um, and she uh, really blew me away. So uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. I know um, I have a hunch that you guys are going to love her. So without further ado, here's my friend, Maddie. What's going to fuck you up? The like echo. No, it's I'll cool. I'll get used to it. Yeah, you'll get used, you'll to, get used it. to it. So I, yeah, so we're recording Okay. again. Um, God, see now I feel like if I repeat what I said, it we, for the listeners. Um, first of all, our guest in the house today is my friend Maddie, and we just recorded about I would say a good five minutes of, of yeah. solid gold and material. Solid gold. <laughs> it was perfect. And uh, and as it's it often happens with me, I uh, I fucked something up. <laughs> I've lost so many episodes because I because of my own dumb shit. Technical difficulties. Technical difficulties. Yeah. A lot of technical difficulties. Yeah. Um, but no, I was just sharing. Maybe I shouldn't share what I was because I shared earlier. Just uh, yeah. So we became friends when you were on your kind of like halfway out of treatment for the the fifth time. Yeah, and I would show up to the coffee shop that you worked at in the morning on my way to work, and uh, scones. <laughs> yeah we had the best scones i would get one of them fire scones yeah and coffee and we'd chat a little bit and then i'd be off to work mm -hmm. and then a beautiful friendship uh blossomed from that beautiful <laughs> <laughs> i think so i think uh i think it's a shame that we don't hang out as often as i know yeah, yeah. there's it, unfortunately there's a, a lot of people in the city that I genuinely like and I want to spend time with because it's easy. Like yeah. it's, it, it feels really easy to spend time with them, not in like a bad way, but uh, more like it. It feels natural, and I just never see them because yeah. I'm lazy. And oh, uh, dude, me too. There's, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's okay. So there's people that you say when you see them, we should hang out more often, but you don't mean it. Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> there's tons of those people, but yeah. that doesn't mean. <laughs> it doesn't mean that you don't like them, but then there's people that you see and you're like, man, really, God, we should like actually see each other more often. But yeah, every time we see each other, it's like, this is fun. Yeah. Wait, this is fun. <laughs> Why, Why don't, don't we do this? Yeah, this yeah. yeah, it's just. 
It's just how it is, though, you know? Yeah, it's being an adult, too. And I just, I constantly think about the people that I spent hours and hours with, like, in middle school when I had nothing but time, Hmm. had nothing to do. And they, like... Some of them were trash, you know, uh, like, I'm going to be honest, like I, they were not my favorite person. They were just the only person around at the time. But, yeah. uh, dude, like I can't imagine spending time like I used to spend time with people, like just hanging out in the living room all day. Yeah. Like I still, for some reason, in the back of my head, imagine that, that I'll do that with somebody. Right. But that's just the worst. Like hanging out on a stoop, you know? <laughs> There's, there's a lot of stuff like that that I'm like, I don't understand why we need a plan like to go to dinner yeah. and the movies. Like we used to just stand in front of somewhere yeah. for hours and that's all we needed. Wow. Yeah. From, from, I never did the stoop, but you're from New York. So like, yeah. th- th- that's just, I imagine. We stoop. We hang out I, on roofs. Yeah. Roofs. Roofs. <laughs> I say it weird. I know I say it weird. Roofs. Well, how do you, roofs? Roof. With a F. But if it's plural... It's roofs. Is it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it is in in my world. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Like I think. Yeah, I, I think like about that all the time too. When you're young, you don't really have a choice of who you hang out with. Sometimes, like you, your friends become your classmates, and really yeah. you gravitate to certain people and not. But like, a lot of times, I'm just hanging out with people because they're like geographically Const- yeah there. Ge- yeah geographically or <laughs> yeah. they're a friend of a friend mm-hmm. um i don't know i don't hang out with anybody nowadays i know i so. don't either <laughs> yeah it's like i'm not single so i'm not trying that hard yeah. to do anything anymore <laughs> yeah so. you've got like a life where it's like settled down and stuff yeah, yeah and once you have like a person that lives with you that is your favorite person it's really hard to like go do anything with anyone else yeah. even your second favorite person you're like this person's already here yeah. i don't know it's easy it's, yeah it's and then it's easy it's convenient yeah. and also i mean you want to you're working you're doing other stuff then your yeah. free time you're with a person that you're like committed to obviously right. you spend most of your time with them yeah 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 and i always like to think that i could be a little more interesting and and get break out of that you know um <laughs> sorry <laughs> take a sip of coffee do we have to break that no out? that's okay. gonna be in for sure yes as long as i don't cough into the mic right what about a sneeze have you ever had a sneeze issue um <coughs> no <laughs> um my last guest she was a little sick so she coughed a little bit did she cough on this microphone that's all up in my face? <laughs> no, she um, she she coughed off of it. Don't don't lie. <laughs> <laughs> no, she 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 turned her head. Okay, all right. Well, it's too late now. So yeah, if you if there's something on that mic, you got it. But I don't think. I mean, it was like a week ago. So yeah, whatever was on there's dead. Well, anyway, back to like <laughs> hanging out with people and stuff. Actually, I, I went back to New York recently and it was a great trip. And, you know, when I go there, I go alone and I go and I see the people that weren't the trash people I spent all my time with, the people mm-hmm. that actually stood out, the people that I, I really care about. And like, you know, one of them is my oldest friend from middle school, Jessica, um, who 
you know, I don't get to see her often, but the second we're together, it's like no time oh, has man. passed and it's beautiful. And I like cry every time I talk about her because she's just the most amazing person. You know, when you find someone God. who's like a yeah. soulmate, you know? I know that. I know that feeling. It's a great feeling. But yeah. uh, I like, I become this different person when I'm there. I, I'm like up and at them always. Like I sleep less. I'm constantly moving. I'm always ready to socialize because I'm making the most of my yeah. time. It's like I'm, I didn't know what vacation felt like until recently. Uh -huh. and I'm like, I guess this is what vacation's like. I'm one of those people that's like running around the whole time. And I come back and I'm like, oh, like I can be that kind of person that goes out and does interesting things <laughs> every single day with different people. And then two days back, I'm like, mm, no. I'm just going to lay on the couch, uh. <laughs> you know? <clears throat> um, no, but I also, though, I think that like your energies are directed differently when you're home. So, I mean, you have to like, you have to conserve for work. You right. have to conserve for like your other commitments. When you're on vacation, your energies are like, let's do something. Let's enjoy our time. Right. So, it, you know. You have no cares in the world. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. vacations are cool. It's beautiful. Yeah, like I think my, uh, my first sober vacation, <laughs> my first sober vacation was uh, Curtis and I went to... Um, went to Austin, Texas together. Oh man. <laughs> and I was probably two, two years sober. <clears throat> and um, I was still trying, like I, 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 I was trying to enjoy it too much. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I was like, I have to have a good time. <laughs> I'm sober. I have to enjoy this. Let's, right. Let's make sure we're, like I was, you know, instead of like, I was trying to force fun instead of just being enjoying whatever it was. Totally. Yeah, and I, I remember I got I got bent out of shape because uh, it was my birthday the first night we were there, and uh, and nobody at the AA meeting we went to like paid any attention to me. <laughs> <laughs> Don't they know who I am? <laughs> and and and. And this girl who was coming to visit New Orleans walked up to me and Curtis and went straight to Curtis mm -hmm. and completely ignored me. Oh. <laughs> I was, and it was my birthday. And I was imagining like, you know, I was like, oh, it's my first time like out of town. We're going mm -hmm. to a meeting. We'll get to meet like AA from another city. They're going to take us in and like just envelop us in love and warmth and invite us to go eat. And we're going to meet and that didn't happen and I was just like just in the worst mood yeah the worst mood and then I was like an, <clears throat> an a-hole to Curtis too oh I know and did he, he even notice he he's so even keeled I, <laughs> I know he was just like really chill about it's like, okay I don't, <laughs> okay yeah and he uh and I was just kind of, I was a bit of a, a dick and uh and I remember we went back home to where we were staying and I look over to, to to see him, and he's writing an inventory. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm just like stewing in my own shit, and he's like doing the work, you right? Know? <laughs> the things that we know that we should be doing that we yeah. never want to do. And like, yeah. and then part of me was uh, also like, I should write one, but I'm not gonna write one. He'll think I'm copying him. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, so oh, that was my first vacation. Uh, experience and but then after that like I realized it and I and I, I'm pretty sure I made an immense time the next day and the rest of the trip was really cool yeah and chill 
That's nice. Yeah. I think uh, anytime I go on a trip, the first few days are me doing that. Mm-hmm. Change. Yeah. Change is hard. Yeah. And, and I still fall. Like, yeah. It's hard for me to just like get to a point where I'm just enjoying the experience. Mm-hmm. You know? Because there's all that pressure. Oh, it's like, pressure. oh, I better enjoy this. Oh, man. You know, you know yeah. take it all in. Right. <laughs> I think I avoided that really well the first time I went back to New York sober. Um, I think it had been about two years. <laughs> and uh, I, um, I went back with like the, the reason was that I, there were a lot of amends that I wanted to make that I felt, you know, I didn't want to make over the phone. I'm, I'm yeah. not good on the phone. Um, and my sponsor at the time had always said, like, if you can make an amends face to face, you should always do that. And uh, and I, I thought that that was legit. So I, I went and I had like this, you know, great reason to be there that, yeah. that took the that off because I knew I was going to see that friend, Jessica, who we had been in contact since I knew she she didn't harbor any yeah. resentment, but I just wanted to tell her like how much it meant to me that she still wanted me in her life and like how sorry I was that I I didn't even register that other people had feelings you know mm. it was just all about me I was so selfish and um that that really made it so much easier you know I didn't have that like oh I need to have a good time it was like well I'm here to do something that's yeah. important you, you know? weren't trying a lot you weren't there thinking I need to have a good time right yeah. exactly like, that was like it was more yeah that's all that is yeah but I had a great time you know mm -hmm. and I was really scared of uh you know what if I relapsed yeah it, you know two years it's like you're still yeah pretty, that's very shaky like going I, back home going back home is scary you know yeah. like everyone I know there still drinks and and does a lot of other stuff and I didn't really the only person I knew there that was sober was my friend's dad who took me to my first AA meeting and I was high mm -hmm. you know I didn't like had no idea what was going on I was really freaked out I was like this is a cult I don't like it. These people expect me to like raise my hand in front of this whole room of strangers. Like I wasn't, I was not into it. I was not ready, but, um, I got to see him and the look on his face, you know, just to be like, when you see someone come in and it's like, Oh, they're, they're hopeless. Yeah. You know, sometimes you see someone come in and you're like, Oh, I do not see you getting any no. better. Yeah. And to see them come back and, and they're doing well and they're like fully so, alive again. Yeah. It's so you saw amazing. him when you went back? Yeah. And yeah. You went to a meeting I went with to him? a meeting with him. Oh, it was cool. great. The, I mean, the meeting was rough. It was a, like a very sick meeting. It, it was kind of like what you see in movies. It's just a lot of like people cursing and complaining about their day and stuff like that and yeah. just really kind of tragic there's no talk of the steps or sponsorship or you know a higher power anything like that it was kind of just a lot of people who seemed very lost mm. but um you know I, I think that he was there because he has like a lot of years now and he kind of comes and scoops up lost souls there yeah. you know <laughs> but uh it was cool. It, it definitely um, allowed me 
to feel a little more comfortable when I was hanging out with those friends who were still like, you know, punk rock kids in yeah. bands who were at bars, like getting drunk and doing coke all night and not feel like, whoa, you know, one one wrong step and I'll be with, you know, like coke on my nose and yeah. beer in my belly. Like, how does this happen? But, mm. um, you know, and it, it didn't feel like that. It was like, I, I'm too... My memory's too good. I, I remember, yeah. like, all of that Well, shit. I think going there with the purpose of, like, making amends and stuff. Yeah. Definitely. It, it, it kind of, what makes me think of is, like, how they say we can go anywhere as long as we have, like, good reason to be there. Right. And then, like, and if, if we go and, f- like, if I go to a place, like, like for example, if I go to my, my family's house, like, for, like, a, a holiday... And I'm feeling squirrely, and I know that I'm, I'm, you know, just kind of sometimes being around family can be hard. Yeah. And um, I'll, I'll, the the mentality of what can I bring to the situation, and every time I go in with that mentality, it's a great experience. Yeah. You know. Definitely. So, so yeah, I mean that's um that's cool, amen amends and but how <laughs> did I guess we should start a little earlier than that. Right. Right. Um, right. Right. So, uh, how did, uh, how did it all get started? Where, 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 where's the, the genesis of all this? Um, well, I, uh, I, I like hate saying this part because I hear it so often that it's just like, yeah, everyone knows, but, uh, I was stay free what? No, I don't know why I did that. I was that. different. <laughs> well, no, I, d- I did. I felt different. I felt, yeah. I just felt wrong. You know, yeah. like I, I felt like so unsure of myself and I didn't understand that like people all have a level of uncertainty going on in their head that they're not like necessarily going to show you. Mm-hmm. And I think that I didn't understand that, uh, you know, when I was younger, I, I, I grew up with my mom. Um, my dad was like in and out of my life. He wasn't really around. He he lived in New Orleans, and my mom used to, but when I was born, moved up to New York City and uh, was a squatter. You know, she lived in this abandoned building with a bunch of other people in a community, and they like you know renovated the place, but they were there illegally. Oh wow! Um, like when we first moved in, and I was a newborn, there were like no floorboards, there was no plumbing, there were no stairs. You know, when we yeah. lived on the fifth floor. It was a it was a big project. And, um, was there power? No, so n- not when we first got there. And like they, they had to do all of that, um, work themselves. How do you get power into a house you're not supposed to be in? Dude, I have no <laughs> idea. You're asking Just run the an wrong extension person. cord from another house. Yeah. People always <laughs> find it so in- interesting, like the way that I grew up, but it's like, I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> I don't even know that I knew that. Yeah. It yeah. was, I mean, we had a piss bucket until I was like seven or eight you know uh, like it was yeah it was well, so yeah definitely i mean how could you like not go into like the the general population and and not feel different right it's like oh okay i'm a freak of nature uh we <laughs> are very like poor that. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh we have no plumbing you know it was it was pretty it was like a you did know you ever, shell shock did you ever have the experience of like telling somebody that you use the bathroom in a bucket and then no making fun of you? i don't or remember you than i mean <laughs> hopefully i don't remember that maybe i blocked it out i hope i wasn't like man don't you hate it when you're the last <laughs> one to pee in the, the piss bucket so you got to take it all the way down the stairs you know it wasn't 
was saying that, anything was that like that. The case? That would have like, been terrible. Once no, it, once it I got mean, to the line, you were like, if you feel a little up to this line, then you, it's your job to dump it. <laughs> no, it was it was just my mom and me in the apartment, and she would have to do it. And yeah. I mean, dude, she she was a hard worker. She there was a lot she had to overcome, but um, she was also very uh. She, I think she suffers with depression. I can't say that for sure because she refuses to see help mm. um, or talk to anybody about it. But she was, you know, very low self-esteem. I remember that from a young age, very low self-esteem. And um, I, I am so not trying to blame her for any of this. But I think that that seemed to be the norm for me, right? Like I, I thought that everyone was kind of very vocal about their insecurities and whatnot and so when I went to school and kids were like not about to start talking about how they were down on themselves you know yeah. I just I thought well maybe that's just me like maybe I'm the only one that feels that way that feels like very uncertain of everything mm. and I had a lot of fear like as a child I I still do not really know how to ride a bike like I won't fall off immediately, but not in traffic. You know, I didn't yeah. learn how to do a lot of things because I was too afraid to try. Mm. It was like if I didn't know that I was going to be really good off the jump. Why try? <laughs> why yeah. try? I'm, same thing as me. I, <laughs> I, I never really, I think I tell people I know how to swim. But I've never really learned how to swim that great. Same here. You know? I never learned. I pretend. Uh, I just pretend really well I do now. The same thing. Yeah. I mean, like you don't go. You like I do the like you know the regular stroke. The overhead and it's just, or whatever. I just splash a lot. And yeah. Don't go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, like I don't know how to kick my legs. I'm just using my arms. I can't put my head underwater. I'm yeah. that person that like oh. holds their nose every time. It's yeah. It's embarrassing. I used to I used to fake sick. Mm -hmm. My mom sent me to like camp one year and they were going to show us how to swim. And on swimming day, I would like fake a stomach ache. Oh man. Fake it to the point where I would like cry fake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would, um, a few years later, uh, I spent like two or three school years in new Orleans with my dad and his stepmom, And I mean, my stepmom, <laughs> his wife, uh, and his two other kids and I, you know, I had a couple of years of elementary school here and I went to this one school in Algiers Point and I was the only white kid and I would every single morning like try to act like I was sick so that I didn't have to go there. I hated it there. Yeah. They were so mean. No one wanted anything to do with me. And uh, it was just. Yeah, that can really leave an impression. It did. You know, it kind of re instilled that like you are definitely different mm. you know there is definitely something wrong with you and like everyone can tell that you're just kind of a loser or something mm. and I mean <laughs> you're giving me like puppy dog eyes but uh, you know I think that like that's part of growing up there's always a period of time with pretty much any kid I yeah. would bet where they feel like the odd man out yeah I always say like there was this group of kids who would like gang up on one kid and they kind of take turns, you know, mm -hmm. just kind of make the rounds and, you know, and eventually it would come to me, you know, and <laughs> I think, uh, they would, the thing they would like get on me about was like, I had a big head for like how short I was. Yeah. <laughs> so they would call me, uh, they would call me like Hetty Murphy. Hetty Murphy. <laughs> oh my God. And, uh, and like they would just harp on that. Yeah. And, and I never had like really good comebacks 
So I just kind of would just take it, you know? Mm-hmm. It was really sad. <laughs> but yeah. like, it's a, it's a, like, whenever they'd get off of me, it was like such a huge relief. Yeah. Like, would you like join in? Yeah, if they on were the picking on kid, somebody like, else. Like old big like, nose oh, over there. <laughs> this dude here. <laughs> oh man. They're like just so grateful that it's not you. Exactly. Yeah. And then you just like try to keep your head down. And really like joining in would like backfire sometimes, you know, where it's like they'd they'd notice you. Yeah. But you just gotta have to fly under the radar so they don't notice you, you know. I'm really <laughs> good at flying under the radar. That yeah. that came in handy in, in treatment later, years later. But yeah, I've I've got really good at that. And um uh oh, back to your question. <laughs> so, you know, I was you know, really insecure and um had trouble relating to my peers and you know I, I spent most of my time hanging out with my mom's friends whenever they came over and they thought I was cool. So, <laughs> so I was just, you know, that like little voice was like, well, you're just more mature, you know, you're just, they don't get you because you're more like an adult or, you yeah. know, just trying to justify mm-hmm. feeling alone. But, um, my first real like best friend who I've already mentioned twice because <laughs> I love her so Jessica. much. Jessica. Shout, shout out Jessica. Yeah. Thank you. I love you, Jessica. I probably wouldn't be alive if it weren't for you. But um, we met in middle school and she was really shy. And I like knew a couple kids in class from elementary school. Thank God. Um, so I felt a little more confident, you yeah. know. Um, but That's like the best feeling when there's somebody you know from oh yeah you like make sure everyone sees that like you already know this person but um yeah it gave me the enough confidence to kind of walk up to her and I don't I don't really remember what I said but I know that I like went towards her after a few days of school realizing that she's really quiet she doesn't really talk to anybody and we just became so close and that was like my first I guess my mom was my first but my my first um codependent relationship you know and I think that that's very common but it was like one of those um like I don't want to go anywhere without you I would spend days and days at her house you know Mm. I just she made me feel okay you know she made me feel like everything was okay and um and, uh, you know, when I got a little older, I started being interested in, in things that she wasn't necessarily interested in. Um, uh, and I got my first boyfriend, you know, I was kind of like starting to get into punk rock, but again, that's like a really, uh, I felt very threatened, you know, I didn't, I wasn't going to go up to like the punk kids that hung out on the street and be like, hi, can you teach me about being cool? <laughs> you know, but, um, you know, I, I got my first boyfriend who was like a neighborhood kid and he was a big stoner. And um, I wasn't really interested in weed because my mom smoked weed. So like, how could it possibly be that cool? Mm-hmm. But she really didn't like the idea of me drinking. Her dad was an alcoholic. And from what I had gathered at that point, my dad was an alcoholic. He drank a lot. And um, so, of course, that's what I went straight for. And uh, I, I think my first drink was when I was really young, one of her, my mom's boyfriend's moms was babysitting me and gave me some beer. But like the first drunk I had was, I think I was 12 Mm -hmm. and I loved it. You know, it gave me this confidence that I had never known and I just felt okay. You know, even more, it was, uh, it was on the roof of our apartment building 
my mom's friend gave me some champagne because it was New Year's uh, and it was just like <laughs> this glow came over my entire being. You yeah. know, it was like it was much. Um, I'm sure I didn't have like the burning bush encounter with a higher power, but I would imagine that's probably what it feels like. Yeah. You know, just this like, like glorious like oh my God, I've found myself, you know, uh, um, feeling. And I was 12, so I wasn't drinking every day after that. But yeah. like, I had that in the back of my head, like this is something that makes me cooler. And, you know, I, over time I was getting closer and closer to that being like the goal always. And then, um, you know, I, I had this codependent relationship with my boyfriend that um, was even more intense than my codependent relationship with Jessica. And, uh, you know, all of the kids that we were hanging out with, I, I do feel like it was that age too, but it was just, that's what it was. It was like, oh, let's all get together, scrounge up as much money as we can and go get a bum to like buy us 40s mm -hmm. at the bodega. And that was going to be a great time. And that's when I started going to like punk rock shows and it was pretty clear that the drunker I got the more confident I felt there and the more I felt like you know in in a mosh pit I could like push people back and and stuff like that and um it was like this borrowed courage mm. and uh I didn't have any repercussions for a while you know Jessica actually was the one who would like drink until she was vomiting everywhere and we'd have to carry her home and I was never that kid yeah I always like I don't know if maybe it's because I kind of grew up in a lot of chaos, but I, I really loved the amount of control I felt in the beginning of like, I would drink and then I'd be like, this is exactly the amount of fucked up I wanted to be. You mm -hmm. know, I, w I would know it immediately and be like, I'm done for a while. You know, I'll wait until it subsides and then maybe I'll do some more. But it, it felt like a, a really welcome sense of control because I was controlling how I felt, yeah. you know. And, um, you know, that never lasts. And so I had to try harder. You know, I did all the things. I got, like, the cool punk rock boyfriend. Um, I got all these new friends who, like, all they wanted to do was get fucked up. And I felt like I was relabeling myself. Like, I was masking those insecurities with this new persona, you yeah. know. And... um I because I'll tell you what I see when you when I when you post old pictures of yourself I'm like god damn Maddie was so cool <laughs> yeah <laughs> I know I I still look at those and I'm like fuck I was really cool <laughs> you know my friends are really cool and you know some of them I I'm still friends with and like they're and just I love grimy them. gritty yeah yeah, yeah. Just really <laughs> oh my god yeah that was the cool the cool thing yeah. you know to not shower um <laughs> But, uh, yeah, th that's when I started like doing more fucked up things, you know, mm. like with that fake courage that I was getting from alcohol, I was getting this bravado and like whatever I wanted, I could have kind of a feeling, I think, you know, it was like this, this selfishness was coming out and I would forget to care about how my actions affected others. And so that's when I started being more like 
making out with random guys when I was in a relationship and, and, um, you know, like ditching my real friends to like go hang out at some cool kid's house and just, you know, little shitty things like that. That's like, that that feels like, you know, in in any, every movie, Mm -hmm. like where the, (laughs) like where it turns for the worse, you know, when the main character's like ditching the the the, the nerd yeah. friends. Becky's like, "You've changed." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. That's exactly. Yeah, I was like trying to force myself to be another person, and and I was still so so empty. I needed this like love that I wasn't capable to, of giving myself, and so I got into situations where, like, I got drunk and made out with my boyfriend's best friend, you know, and stuff like that kept happening, and, um, you know, on top of that, I was, I was experimenting more, you know, I did, like, hallucinogens and cocaine and stuff like that, and, um, just really chasing whatever concoction of chemicals it would take to be, like, oh, I, I don't care, you know, I don't actually care what I'm doing to other people or like what happens to me. I'm just above all of that or something, or I'm, I'm so okay with myself that, that I don't care about anybody else. You know, that's what I wanted. It's, it's kind of fucked up, but like, you remember that movie girl interrupted with, uh, Angelina Angelina Jolie. Jolie. The only thing I remember is the preview. Well, anyway, the preview, you should remedy that. Because in the preview, she <laughs> says, uh, and I don't know, the, the, she always says, like, she's going to stab herself in the aorta. Uh-huh. And, uh, and the guy tells her it's not the aorta. It's, like, the, ju- like the, the a- jugular or whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, her character was, like, this really brash sociopath. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, she didn't give a fuck about anybody. And she was, like, very rude and very, like dominating but like that was what I wanted to be you know because I was so the opposite um I needed everyone to like me I was so unsure of myself like I would love like I I fantasized about being a sociopath because they didn't give a fuck you know they didn't have any feelings and feelings sucked yeah and um the closest thing I could do was just like get fucked up and until I just didn't care about anybody else um which obviously doesn't doesn't lead you anywhere good. Um, I, you know, cheated on that, that cool punk rock boyfriend of, of, you know, I like made out drunkenly other people that he knew, you know, and, um, that's, I mean, that's just the catalyst of our actual breakup, but that relationship, we're friends now. It's great. We can rehash this shit. (laughs) It's pretty fun. But, you know, we were very, um, self-destructive very codependent of course and just not very kind to each other and I kept escalating like I needed something more every time and and I don't just mean the substances but like the people you know I I I ended up with this guy for a while who was never technically my boyfriend because that's how little he cared Mm. uh, about me or anything Um, but like in a way I idolized him cause he seemed like emotionless, like cold and he was my intro into heroin, which was, you know, the end all be all for me for a long time. I was like, wow, this is it. Nothing could ever possibly be as good as this. And, you know, it's probably the writer in me, but I've always envisioned this guy that, um, 
to be like the embodiment of heroin. You know, he was very callous and cold, um, but so seductive in some way. And I, I constantly like I was addicted to him, even yeah. though mostly probably because he wouldn't ever give me that gratification that you needed. Exactly. Like I remember one time telling him I loved him and he was like, Oh really? That's nice. But I, I don't love you, you know, just yeah. like straight harsh, you know? And I just, I couldn't get enough of it wow. because it was like, I just needed to get his approval, you know? And I'm sure my daddy issues, um, <laughs> played into that nicely you know but um that's so interesting though how you kind of you like parallel it with heroin oh yeah 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 i mean heroin was a person for me you yeah. know it was like my my everything you know i was in love with it you know not only just physically addicted to it but just so in love with it and i had romanticized it for years before i'd ever done it you know yeah. all of my favorite writers and singers and you know just like yeah it's like the coolest drug ever oh yeah, yeah. super cool like have you seen uh <laughs> oh my god like any of those movies i just i remember seeing um train spotting and yeah. like thinking that looked so cool like that's how i wanted to live god. and they're not making it look no, great <laughs> at all you know like even um What's the one with Jared Leto in it? Oh my it? God, that it's movie was so the worst. gruesome. Like what was he loses it his arm. Requiem for a Dream. Oh God, yeah. That that song still gives me the heat. Oh yeah, that little... absolutely. It's so creepy. <laughs> That's a great rendition. <laughs> yeah, and no, that movie was so crazy. It was so crazy, but you or know, basketball I was diaries. Still... Do you ever watch oh yeah, that? basketball that diaries. Really good. All of those. Yeah, I movies. was all about it. <laughs> Gia, which is another Angelina Jolie yeah. movie. Uh, I love that one. Um, it just seemed like drug addicts didn't get hurt by people because they didn't care about people. Mm -hmm. All they cared about was drugs. And that seemed ideal to me. I don't like, I clearly, I think I was definitely born to be a drug addict. You know, I think yeah. that it was just how my brain was wired at a really early age. But, um, that's around the time that, you know, but by the way, my mom was a counselor at a drop-in center for like homeless teenagers who were all, heroin addicts yeah. and so she knew like the first time I came home high she saw me from like across the room and was like you are on opiates yeah what are you knew. doing she wow. knew immediately it was really scary and um you know I can't imagine how hard it is to like she was a really good counselor you know I in my lifestyle I met a lot of her clients you know on the street and at shows and stuff and when they found out who my mom was they'd be like dude she's the only mom I've ever had like I love her so much she was a great counselor for them you know and she really helped a lot of kids and uh but when it's at home when it's your own kid you know yeah. it's it's like all of that training goes out the window and you so, gotta figure that that's got about another five to ten minutes on top of that okay um, yeah, so she just didn't know how to handle it. Um, you know, I, I like got kicked out of her house regularly and would go live in this girl's house who was like six blocks away. But, um, like she know, was trying to do the Al Anon thing. I think so. I don't know. I really but don't. She was like, but she, every time she'd be terrified that I'd die. Yeah. So she would, you know, want me back home. But, you know, I was 
living in New York City, but I had this life that was like a radius of 10 blocks. You know, I worked, you know, my dealer's house, who I ended up staying at a lot, and uh, my mom's house that was all in one small neighborhood. And I remember getting to the point where it was like there was a show in Brooklyn that I wanted to go to, but I wouldn't go because it was just that much further away from my dealer in case I needed, yeah. you know. A, so what, where did you live at? Uh, so I lived in the the Lower East Side or Alphabet City So in Manhattan. In Manhattan, Alphabet yeah. City. So is that close to the Brooklyn Bridge? It's really, really close to the Williamsburg Bridge. Okay. Um, it's not as close to the Brooklyn Bridge, but like I could walk the Williamsburg Bridge um, from my house, so which that's we often north did. Of... D- don't give me north south. I'm just trying to picture it in my head. <laughs> I'll show you later on I... the map. It's not important. I'm like so fascinated with New York. It's. I mean, I want to be there every single me day. Me too. Yeah, every I was single there day of my three life. Days. It's incredible. I belong there. <laughs> I feel like I belong there too. I need to move there. Nah, yeah. I mean, I need to visit it more often for sure. That's where I'm at right now. Like I'm I don't trying to know incorporate it. there, but yeah, I mean, I just, it's such a fascinating place to me. It really is. It's just the energy of the city always yeah. makes me like come alive and just feel electric, yeah. you know, like I have all this energy and I just, I feel like a different person there, you know? And for a long time, actually, I was terrified that that was a part of me that I had to let go of, you mm. know, um, we're jumping forward again. Yeah. Though. I'll, I'll get back to that later. But, um, yeah. So, um, my mother and I were both born in new Orleans. Um, so when I was getting really bad off, she was miserable in New York, you know, partly because of that, but for other reasons. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, she has her own depressive tendencies and, uh, she got it in her head that it would be best for both of us if we moved back to New Orleans. And we did like a trial period of four months. And during that, I kind of cleaned up. I oddly enough was not like super physically addicted yet. It took a long time for me. Um, so when I was here, I didn't know anybody. So for the most part, I was pretty clean. Yeah. I eventually found someone like I was trying <laughs> the yeah. whole time. I was like, Going to the French Quarter, just walking around like, who's got drugs? You know, <laughs> I just saying that. What you like? Yeah, I was just like, do you have, do you know where I can get heroin? Like, uh, just straight up, <laughs> I you know didn't care about anything else. You know, it was like I that was my crutch. But um, but for the most part, I was pretty clean down here, mm-hmm. just for lack of uh, ability to yeah. get it. And then we went back up to New York for another four month period while we were getting ready to move down here. Yeah. Um. And how, when was this? How old were you? I was 19, I think, 19, yeah, and um, in that second period in New York, I went off the rails, like, that's when I got really, really addicted, I couldn't afford my habit anymore, I was, um, it it just, I didn't care about trying to keep up, you know, a persona, I didn't try to, like, go out and see these people who, who's, you know, who were still cool to me or whatever, you know, I wasn't going to shows. I wasn't going to these parties so much anymore. I would go every now and then, but for the most part, I was just work and then my room, Mm -hmm. you know, just shooting up and watching Netflix alone and wanting to be alone. And, you know, by this time I never saw Jessica anymore. You know, we lived in the same neighborhood, but our lives were just completely separate. 
I completely passed over this, but before I got into heroin, she had a boyfriend who she started doing heroin with for a couple months. She got physically addicted and like it got kind of dangerous. She ended up in the hospital once. And during that time, I, I don't know if I was like secretly so jealous or what. I was very hurt and I just was terrible. You know, I handled it completely the wrong way, which I've learned in yeah. like AA and Al-Anon. But like just completely rejected her and would just yell at her about it. I like about went about her about her using, I guess I was just like, don't be, I can't believe you'd be so stupid to get addicted to heroin yeah. or some shit like that. Something terrible and hypocritical. Yeah. But, uh, I tried to like beat up her boyfriend when she ended up in the hospital, uh -huh. you know, like it just was a, a mess. I did everything you're not yeah. supposed it's to. It's so funny how like so many, so, so many people, <laughs> That like eventually become addicts and alcoholics have a stage where they're like, like really strongly against it. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like You're I was just... anti, I was anti everything for a while. Really? When I was young, you know, yeah. I just had that mentality for some reason. Maybe, maybe it's just that like, there's something like in this, that's like screaming, don't go there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Bad. definitely. Yeah. I feel like it's almost like when you have a crush on somebody when you're a kid uh -huh. and you just act like you hate them. Oh, yeah. Because you're so freaked out by this like strange power they have oh, over the you. Feeling. Yeah. It's yeah. Such, a, such a strong feeling. Because they had like I always felt like I was losing my control uh -huh. when I was like, you know, I want to say in love with somebody, yeah. but it was just a crush. You know, I didn't even know them. You know, it was just chemicals being in yeah. middle school or whatever hormones. But like. I remember hating them for having this power. Like I think about you all the time. Like anytime you do anything in class, I'm like staring and uh, I hate it. It's like, it's taking up so much energy. I hate yeah. it. And maybe that's what it is. I don't know. A similar function. Maybe. Who knows? Yeah. Um, maybe some neuroscience scientist <laughs> out there is listening. Figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, figure it out. Um, but yeah, so I, uh, you know, it got worse in, when we went back to New York and then we were back in New Orleans again and we were living here and I got kicked out of my mom's house like the first night we were here and I started staying with her f old, old childhood friend who's a huge wino mm. who um, was, we had a lot in common with our like way of romanticizing some really dark things and, you know, I got her to buy me some drugs because I was going to, like, let her try it, you oh. know. And I was, like, living with her for a while. Um, I got a job working the door at a swingers club and the CBD. And just, um, I just had this really lonely, lonely life where um, all I could care about was heroin. You know, it was all I could care about. And just trying to be okay with that, like trying to be okay with that being my whole personality. And, um, you know, I'm really good at romanticizing things. You know, I just, I wanted it to be this, like this dark, troubled young woman writer who like lived in New Orleans and, Moonlighted at a, at a swingers club. Yeah, like it was, it was, I was writing a character again because I had no idea who I was. You yeah. know, that's what I keep doing in life is just, um, but you know, around, 
I got caught sh- stealing at that swingers club and I was on the verge of getting kicked out of the place I was staying. And the, the owner was like, Hey, look, I have some history with this stuff. You know, I, I'm pretty sure you're a heroin addict and I know you've been stealing. So you can either, uh, take my help and go to treatment or you can, uh, get fired. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I was like, Oh fuck. All right. So uh, I'll go to treatment, you know, I'll go to detox. Um, and he got me into Odyssey house detox and, uh, you know, I ended up staying to go to treatment for the 28 day program and then stayed a little longer for the, I think it was six months at that time, but I got kicked out at three months because one of my other substances, people, you know, I, I latched onto that, you know, I got into a relationship there and I got kicked out. Um, that person I got in a relationship with is dead now. Um, we, he was like in the AA community for a while and, uh, overdosed after a, a lot of clean time. And, um, you know, I went back and forth several times, you know, it didn't stick. I, I would get kicked out because of something like that, either using in the house or getting into a relationship with somebody, anything to like avoid that pain of just sitting there with no solution. And, um, you know, AA would come there and, I couldn't get around the whole higher power thing. Um, I didn't like the God word at yeah, all. It really, it's really cool not to believe in God. Oh, it's super cool. It's the coolest. Yeah. <laughs> although, although I feel like there's like a trend in a different direction now. Like now it's getting cool. It's getting to cool be to be spiritual. sober too now, yeah. which is fucking weird. I'm like, whatever. Get out of here. Posers. I was doing it before it was cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all these people they're like oh that's interesting i'm okay. actually like trying to be sober now too and i'm, I'm like shut spirituality up myself yeah shut up jeff you know <laughs> nobody cares fucking jeff fucking jeff <laughs> no but um yeah i'm i'm trying to speed up this this but uh you know i went to treatment um a total of five times i went to that detox like 12 times over and over again just not able to times. commit 12 times at that detox. Yeah. yeah. Um, one time I got to go to River Oaks, which is like the really fancy one. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a very nice uh, little vacation. Yeah. I've heard um, people complain about that place. I'm like, place dude, I've is, heard that place is nice yeah. compared to some of the other. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like a spa. Like that you have your own room. Yeah. They give you like the better drugs. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's just it's nicer there. But um. Yeah, you know, somewhere in between there, those those visits, I ended up going down a much darker path and, you know, things got harder and I felt like, you know, I was going to die if I ever got enough um, drugs at once, you know, like I was always broke and I was always scrounging and, and couldn't. Like you wanted to get that enough. Yeah. Like I would fantasize about it. I'd be like, okay, if I could just get enough, then like it would be over. But anytime I got even like a, a small amount, I, I didn't want to do that. You know, I was too, like, I, that's not how I wanted to end it. I wasn't really giving up yet, but, um, I had no way out. Yeah. I was gonna say, I think also like, especially for me with like, with opiates in, in particular, like once I put them, I never did heroin, but I was like into oxys, uh-huh. and, and I got really hooked on on roxies one at one point. And uh, but like, 
anytime I put them in my body, all of a sudden there was, I felt like there was hope for my recovery. Right. <laughs> That's when you're like, things are actually looking up. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like things are going to get better. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, it's so weird. Totally. <laughs> Especially like, you know, you're, you're physically ill yeah. in every sense, like physically and mentally ill until you get those drugs in your body. And then you're suddenly like in perfect health. Yeah. Isn't that so weird though? How like you could like be so delusional oh yeah that like the second you feel like things are gonna be better but it's like like literally five minutes before you're ready to die absolutely (laughs) it's crazy i couldn't every time i was just so amazed by how perfect i felt once i i wasn't sick anymore you know once i like shot up it would take like three seconds and then i felt incredible yeah and it was so like you know, a sane person would have been like, that's horrifying. But really I was just like, that's a miracle. You know, that's beautiful that I have something in my life that like solves all of my problems instantly without like that much effort, just having to sell my soul, you know? (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah. So that's it. So, and then, yeah, we can stop. We can stop there. All right, cool. We'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. back from break pee break that was an amazing break yeah um so yeah so 12 times do you 12 times loser <laughs> uh and then what happened so so you you wound up in treatment again for the how many time the fifth uh-huh so um to backtrack track the backtrack a little bit um Unique New York. Unique New York. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think around the third time I was in treatment, it's hard to keep it straight, but um, yeah. at some point I, I left one early with this girl I had just met to go get high and ended up in Texas um, with a sex worker who I had just met on the side of the street um, and her daughter. Um, not to get too much into that, but, uh, I got arrested in Corpus Christi, Texas Mm -hmm. at a CVS. I had been drinking. Uh, I had taken a, um, benzo of some sort, probably like Xanax. Um, I was on heroin and meth. So like a fun little cocktail and uh, decided that it was a good idea to steal a bunch of shiny things from a CVS. <laughs> um, and I wasn't being very discreet. Uh, yeah. I, I hear that a lot. Like Benzo's kind of... Like the kinda, Benzo, you're just yeah. like, Ugh. You're and like it's this like, is it's so mine. Much, and, you can, <laughs> and the thing is, like, I think you get away with it because you're so like chill you're about so it. you're so brazen. Yeah, yeah, you're not... Your anxiety is gone. I don't remember. It's we, doing exactly, its job. Just like, yeah. whatever. I remember one time... I was at a, a, a gas station, and I don't know what I was on. I want to say I took a whole bunch of Ambien. Mm. <laughs> and, and I'm sitting there talking to the to the clerk, and I'm just grabbing lighters and putting them in my pocket in front of him. <laughs> You're like, uh-huh, uh-huh, these are mine now. All right. Uh. Yeah. Well, anyway, I was not slick, and when I was trying to leave, six cops came in six like three different cars 
uh, were outside and, um, they started checking my bag and I was, I, I was just completely defeated. I didn't know what to do. I was like, my brain was going crazy. Um, so they find the stuff that I stole and then they find my drugs. Mm. Um, and they were all male and they went at me like they were going to search me and I panicked. Uh, mm. <laughs> maybe because of all the drugs I was on, <laughs> but I can't be certain. And I like, I don't know how I did it. I thought I was just like moving away from them, but I somehow like kicked one of them and he fell and oh. then I got tackled. Um, it was really fun. Uh-huh. Uh, there was a moment I remember being in the back of one of their cars, like sobbing and trying to like reason with them oh, to let yeah. me go. <laughs> They were having a great time. Like they were laughing so legit. hard. Yeah. If you said the right thing. I was thing, just like, please, so. please. I was crying and they were like, hey, we can't let you go. We already started the paperwork, you know, just fucking yeah. with me. And I was like, oh, eat the paper, you know, <laughs> just let me go. And um, they, they actually didn't put assault of a p- police officer on there because oh, I think nice. I was just so sad, like yeah. such a sad piece that's of like, shit. That's a hard that's charge. That's a serious charge. Yeah. yeah. So I had the drug possession, which was a felony. And then the, the shoplifting. Um, and I was in jail. I had, you know, a, a victim out there, uh, a hostage, as my old sponsor would say, like mm. this guy who was kind of funding me and for some reason trying to be like the white knight yeah. taking care of me. I, I collected those. <laughs> um, so he bailed me out, drove me back to New Orleans. Um, I kind of kept doing the same bullshit. And eventually, you know, I had... A warrant out because I never went back for my court date because I was too busy being a drug addict as we do. Um, but I got, you know, I finally got pulled over in the wrong place at the wrong time. And this guy, uh, brought me to St. Bernard Parish jail. And I was there for seven days, um, detoxing terribly, just puking and shitting everywhere. Like had nothing, you know, um, and the women there actually were so kind to me. They like took care of me. It was it was incredible. It, it was just a nice little moment of realizing like people, you know, all of the women that were taking care of me were also addicts. You yeah. know, they they'd come in there like that, and so they were happy to help somebody because they remembered what it felt like. You know, which is like a huge part of recovery. Yeah, it's funny. Um, but yeah, and then I I got picked up and they drove me to Texas to Corpus Christi and I spent two months in jail there. And, um, you know, it was the first time I wasn't like in treatment where they were trying to teach me how to be a better person. My mom was nowhere near me. She was also too broke to, to get me out of there. Um, I had no one and they talked to me there like an animal. You know, they treated me like an yeah. animal. You're just like a prisoner. Yeah, you're worthless you're like, piece of what? shit. Yeah. It's so rude. <laughs> it was terrible. You know, but I I quickly learned, you know, to survive there, but also just realized like, oh, no one gives a shit about yeah. me if I don't give a shit about me. I remember feeling like that. I didn't even like I, I was in jail. Like I spent the night in jail. But I remember the prison guards being so mean to me and I was like so offended. Yeah. <laughs> How dare you? Yeah. I was like, I'm not a bad person. 
person. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, like, I remember thinking that. Oh, man. Like, what a... Yeah, they do a number on you. They really, it, it does a number on your psyche. And I feel like a little bitch talking about yeah. it because I was there for two months, you know? <laughs> I was there, for, like, not even 24 hours. <laughs> and I was like, man... If, like, and I was so afraid it's that terrible. they were going to put me in population. Like they had me in the drunk. The, the oh, drunk yeah. Tank. You were scared of going to Gen Pop. I was like, yeah. terrified. I knew that I was just not cut out for it. And I was just going to like get owned. Yeah. God. <laughs> I had a, a best friend I made in the, in the holding cell um, who is this really tall girl named Chelsea who was pregnant, like really pregnant. Oh, cool. And they called her baby mama and we just hung out all the time. I wonder if people thought I was her bitch, but, uh, it it didn't, it's not, it didn't seem really like that, you know? And, um, but no, I, I, I mean, I definitely got my hands on some drugs in there, but, uh, you know, towards the end, I was starting to think clearly and they gave me the option of just being on probation when I left and to just leave and be free, Mm. you know? And I made like that first decision that was good for me and was like, Hey, I know I won't be able to stay sober. I won't, I'll end up back in here. Um, so I asked them to send me back to Grace House in yeah. New Orleans, which I'd, I'd gone there once before. And they had, uh, even when I wasn't ready and, you know, I wasn't really willing to be sober yet, like I, I could recognize that they had something to teach me. And I was finally kind of willing yeah um it's like going to jail was definitely almost like necessary it was you know and it's it's so weird because i I hate the justice system i think it's it there's so many things wrong with it but like it saved my life you know Mm. it's really weird it saved my life and um i i'm getting off for probation next month oh i've been on it for four years getting off papers getting off them papers yeah (laughs) and you know I, i was a little nervous about it really it's like that's that's something keeping me in check, you know, but, uh, you know, at this point in my life, you know, it just, it's very different now, you know, mm. I, I don't think that that's the only thing that's keeping me sober. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I went back to Grace house. Um, I got a sponsor who had been in there in treatment with me the first time who I heard was like a hard ass. And, you know, I, I remembered seeing her growing while I was staying the same. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was like we separated, we stopped being close friends in treatment because she was trying to get better and I wasn't. You were just looking for a boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I found one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but you know, I knew that she, she knew me and I knew that she really got better. Do I know? I mean, obviously. Yeah. Ashley. Ashley. Okay. Um, yeah. And she would sit with me and. You know, she was kind of cool. You know, yeah. that helped that she was kind of cool. No, you should. Well, I don't know. Oh, she's. I'm not sure. I don't. I don't think she's in an active like AA community. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, she's on her. She's about to have her second baby, yeah. so I think she's still in recovery. But I, I'm yeah. not sure. I'll hit her up. See. Hit her up. Yeah, but um, she was really patient with me and um told me the things to do, taught me, you know, took me through the steps in AA. And there were a lot of moments where I would be like, okay. But in my head, I was like, you don't, you don't know, you don't know what Mm -hmm. you're talking about. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I would have to call her and be like, Hey, 
I thought I knew better than you and I don't and I fuck things up more and like what do I do now and I learned pretty quickly to be completely honest with her um and it felt good you know yeah. what I was doing felt good I don't I don't know if I had faith that it was actually going to get me to a point where I didn't need drugs and alcohol to feel okay but I knew that it felt good what I was doing with her and it felt good to be completely honest again. Yeah. And, um, you know, things happened. I, uh, I started having feelings for a guy that worked in the treatment center and that was terrifying cause that's my ML. Right. And for once, instead of trying to like hide it or utilize it for, you know, a feeling of self-worth, I, I went to her about it and I talked to her about it every single time I called her. I was like, look, this feeling's not going away. I'm, I'm working, I'm doing the things that you tell me to do. Um, one of those things was prayer, which was really hard for me. Mm -hmm. Not only did I like not know if I believed in a higher power because I was so anti God, but I didn't ever feel like I was doing it right. You know? Um, but I kept doing it. I kept yeah. trying, even though I had that huge fear of failure. Yeah. It's still to me, like sometimes when I pray feels like I'm like, disingenuous oh yeah it. it still feels phony all yeah. the time yeah but it, i i guess i did it just good enough yeah you know i got by and you know today i'm i'm actually marrying that person hmm. um When's, it turns out do we know the date yet march 29th is oh. what we're saying yeah so wow is what we're saying <laughs> it might change it's on, it's on wax now yeah um that's it I don't, we haven't done any organizing or any planning. I, I'm not really looking forward to the planning, but, um, but it, you know, it turned out that this person was actually supposed to be in my life. It wasn't just an, an easy fix yeah. to get away from how I felt, but I, I would never, I don't think that that would have been the case if I hadn't learned to talk to someone about these things, to like be honest and to ask for help from something that's bigger than me. Um, you know, I think I could have very easily used this person in the same sense that I, I always did and gone down the same path, but I, yeah. I changed, you know, I think that that's the most important thing. Now, obviously this person is great, but, um, yeah. and he was in recovery too. He's in recovery too. Yeah. Yeah. He has a few more years than me. Um, and that's, you know, that, that definitely makes things easier. When and he's a super sweet guy. He's super sweet and he's really smart. <laughs> And handsome. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's really funny. He was a football like superstar. Yeah, he's in high like school. a star running back. He survived <laughs> Columbine High School. He's just really yeah. a hero. No, um, but uh, yeah, uh, this woman. Whenever we were reading or doing the steps, and and I just faltered. Like I didn't really. I still dealt with a lot of self worth issues, self-esteem and just feeling like maybe I don't even deserve this. Um, she would stop me and be like, we are not sitting here doing this just for you. Like I'm not spending all this time out of my busy schedule just to make sure that you have a better life. Like we're doing this so that you can help someone else who feels as shitty as you did. And that opened up everything for me like that was the purpose that my life was missing or something you know I just being useful in that sense and knowing like that pain that I don't really wish on anybody um the idea that I could help somebody with that that mm. changed everything for me you know and and I tried while I was in treatment to like 
bring more to like group discussions and be there for like the newcomer in treatment and, and do the things that I hear them talk about in AA, like within this little small community. And it, it worked, you know? And when I left there, I started sponsoring and I was so nervous that I was going to fuck it up. And then she told me, my sponsor told me, you know, don't let your ego get in the way. You can't save or destroy someone's life. You're just here to like give the information that I gave you you know, and, and you'll relate to these people and hopefully like something good will come of it in their life, but it'll definitely come in your life, you know? And, um, and it's true, you know, like I, I, in AA, I don't go to very many meetings anymore. I'm very loosely considered a home group member at mine. I can't always get over there. You know, I, what I don't stop doing is sponsoring. Mm. And, um, I spend a lot of time with my sponsor these days, who's a different person, another Jessica. Mm. There, there are a lot of great now Jessicas in my life. Jessica, I've, codependent Jessica. Yeah, I have two <laughs> Jessicas. Um, and you know, that's, that's what keeps me sober and that's what keeps me willing to like do this, to mm-hmm. be this person that I've become, you know, this like semi-responsible person, you know, this person that, um, is not the worst coworker yeah. at Who my makes job. Who too much to get health insurance from, <laughs> <laughs> from the, yeah, Medicaid. <laughs> from Medicaid. Um, but, uh, you know, the person that, that I've become, I've been very unsure of at times because it looks nothing like the picture that I was painting from such a young age. Yeah, like the cold, just cool the cool tragic the cool chick addict. yeah the bad guy it's yeah. like i'm in bed at 8 p.m yeah you know i'm not i'm not i'm not cool like legit you go to bed at eight i get in the bed at eight i'm yeah. asleep by 10 at the latest yeah like i just i mean i, I gotta be at work at 6 a.m tomorrow yeah, that's you an know? early like get up time though it too. is yeah but i mean i i like the past two times I've gone back to New York, which weren't for amends, they were just for fun. You yeah. know, those times it was, it was strange cause I would get really nervous before I went. Not so much cause I thought I would like use or anything like that, but just really scared to go home and realize that home's not home anymore, you mm-hmm. know, and realize that these people I can't relate to anymore at all because they live a different lifestyle. But that wasn't the case. Yeah. I went back and I felt, so at home in a way that I'd forgotten I could feel like it's where I belong. And those people, uh, you know, the, the good ones, <laughs> you know, the ones that, that there was something there, but behind the, you know, shared activity and getting fucked up, you know, the people that I had a true connection with, like they're still there and they're still so important and they're my family. Yeah. And it's really strange because I was in order to get sober, I was willing to cut, a huge part of who I was out and I did for years and it's I'm going through a period right now where I'm trying to understand how to be both versions of myself or you know how to like let those coexist you know there's still a life for me in New York that I I miss deeply and then I have this whole life here you ever consider going back oh all the time I mean is that something y'all talk about yeah actually um we've talked a lot recently about it and I'm trying to figure out a way like a reason for me to visit more often seems Mm -hmm. to be like the happy medium. You know, I don't want to let go of my life here, but I, I I 
need more time there. Yeah. And it's strange to have this part of me that I thought wasn't, wasn't really me. It's like, Oh, okay. Some of those parts are still me. You know, it's that whole sense of identity. It's really scary. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause like you hear a lot of people say, um, I didn't have real friends. Right. <laughs> hear that a lot. You hear that a lot. And I and I mean that's definitely probably true. I don't mean to sound like mock like I was mocking you. <laughs> but you hear that a lot. Yeah. And but I the the uh, I have friends from before I got sober that are like you know really solid people. Yeah. You know, just cuz I was a POS most of the time. Right. Yeah. I had, I made friends while I was being that yeah. horrible person and they're still great people, you yeah. know. I have a buddy of mine who uh who is kind of like Jessica to you. Mm-hmm. Sort of like we we didn't become friends till after I I graduated high school, but his name's BJ. Shout out BJ. He listens to this sometimes. He's not even. He's not even like one of us. But Aww. like, but That's sweet. Uh, and he says he enjoys them. But he so like he will talk on the phone, and it's like right every time we could go like a year without speaking, and it's like we go right back into like just boom. We're on the same kind of like yeah, wavelength. Totally. Yeah. And having those friends, like man, thank God. I. I, I mean. You didn't like throw that away completely. Yeah, absolutely. Those things are invaluable. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. There's, you know, I'm really glad there's like one of my exes in particular that, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I, we had a really unhealthy relationship on both sides, you know, and I, and I used that relationship as, an identity for so long, like even like much longer than we were even together. We were only together for like a year and a half, but for, I want to say almost a decade, that was like my sense of self was that relationship. And, you know, getting sober, I was coming to terms with like, all of that was kind of a lie. It was something that I wrote in my mind, like as a character that I wanted to be, but not someone who I really was. Yeah. And the past couple times I've gone back and spent a lot of time with him. And it's like, no, you are, you are like in my family. Like you are someone that's going to be important to me for the rest of my life. And I love you still so much, you know, and it's, it's beautiful to be able to go through so much bullshit and realize that like through it all, like that was a person that I was meant to know, Mm. you know, and that's really beautiful to see how a relationship can change, you know? Wow. Yeah. It's just and not to like discard your past life completely. Yeah. Yeah. To revisit it with new eyes. Right. Yeah. We wish to, what is it? Sh- um, uh, shut the door. Shut the door. <laughs> <laughs> is we it, wish to move forward. Uh, oh, that's like some other uh, what shit. What is it? It's like, we don't want to shut the door on well, the past. Yeah. Yeah. We, we don't have to we don't like, regret the past or wish to shut the door. On exactly. It. Yeah. yeah. Like it can still be, it's like still part of us. Yeah. And yeah. And I think that maybe, you know, I had a similar experience now. I'm not friends necessarily with her, but cause she lives in Tampa Bay and is married now, but mm-hmm. my ex-girlfriend where my picture of the relationship was that she was horrible to me (laughs) (laughs) yeah um and and like doing the whole thing and revisiting it and looking at it honestly i was able to shed that 
picture of it that I had in my head and, and see that, you know, obviously like I was, you know, the reason for a lot of the things and I, and, and, and where I once like resented her and hate borderline hater for, Oh, for about a decade too. <laughs> yeah. You know, I held on to that, to the, to the way We're so I good could at that. not get over it. Right. And when I finally looked at it, honestly, I came out of it grateful for her mm-hmm. and like instead of and almost like from looking at from looking at her as like a demon woman, <laughs> it switched to like, wow, thank like God bless her for loving me as long as she did. Yeah. Like it was like that. Right. Big of a difference. Right. And so like, you know, I, I always imagined that I would make a face to face amends with her, but it's just never like happened. So I finally just wrote her like this long like Novel. message <laughs> yeah message and uh but it took me a long time to send that message yeah you know so and it just felt you did know. she ever respond she did she did and it was uh you know kind and gracious and you know you know beautiful right <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's crazy the things that we're like more comfortable holding on to. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I definitely got used to pain in a way that like I could always, I was always okay with like a shitty situation, mm-hmm. you know, like once I got used to it, like, yeah, okay, this, this, I can survive like this. I can live like this. Yeah. And I did that in a lot of like really dark places that I didn't have to be, but I, was too afraid of like hoping for more. Yeah. I think once you get used to a certain shittiness, yeah, then like the pain that you perceive it would take to get out of it is, it's not worth it. It doesn't seem worth it. Yeah. I'm like, like, I, I've acclimated. I'm fine. (laughs) This is fine. There's no sense of like making a big stink about it. (laughs) Yeah. And I still do that. You know, I'm always, I'm like really not good at, at asking more of myself, you know, Like I I remember reading in the 12 and 12, like we always want more than our fair share of money, power, prestige, love, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's me. I always crave, you know, I wanted these things handed to me and I wanted more love than anyone had. I remember listening to like some, I was reading an interview of Marilyn Monroe once and she was like, all I ever wanted was for everyone to adore me. Mm. And I was like, shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like I get that. I need everyone to adore me. And it's because like, I'm not okay with myself. I can't give myself that, that love. And, and I, you know, with everyday things, it's like, I don't ask very much of myself cause I'm afraid to fail myself, Yeah. you know? And I've oftentimes just gone with whatever's happening. I'm like, all right, you know, I'll just go with this because I don't have a better plan, Yeah. you know? And, and Scott and I have, had a lot of discussions recently about how like one of the things I love the most about him is that he knows himself very well. He knows exactly what he wants out of life. And I think that that's beautiful. And I'm such a like open-ended person. I'm like, I don't even know, you know, my head is in the clouds and yeah, I love how he's like, sometimes he's just very unapologetic about like telling, you no. 
Yeah. He's like, I don't want to do that. Or like, I don't like that. No. You know, like. No, I just don't feel like it. Yeah. I just don't, I don't, I don't feel like it. I'm yeah. not going to do that. Like, I don't and feel he won't like, like it. make an excuse. Right. It's so. I love that. <laughs> like, that's one of the things I love the most about yeah. him. He has such a strong sense of self. Um, while, you know, I have a strong sense of self, but there's selves, you know, there's yeah. like eight of me at, mm-hmm. at one given moment. But, um, you know, I'm starting to learn to tap into what it is that I want or I need, mm-hmm. you know, like my base needs are, are met. Now I need to figure out what I, I really want out of life mm-hmm. and, and being able to balance that between like wanting more than my fair share out of life and, not selling myself short is what I'm struggling with a lot yeah. today, you know? Yeah. And I think that like, it comes with, uh, for me wanting stuff and, and, and it's a difference between like just wanting something and never doing anything about it. Yeah. But then, and but wanting something and realizing that I have to take small steps to get to that. Right. You know, and being able to like, understand what those small steps look like yeah and not and because the small steps are, are digestible but like the the like the end goal seems so overwhelming oh, yeah. it's that like i just unrealistic. don't do anything but it's i impossible. still want it yeah. right 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 yeah yeah that's definitely it's hard to train your brain to to look at it that yeah. way like what are the steps that i need to wow. take to get there and dude and that's like one of the biggest lessons that i've learned from from the sober work yeah it's just one step at a time yeah. do the next indicated thing you know, and like, lo and behold, you know, this happens, you know, right. this is like, it's crazy, Yeah. you know? So like, I, yeah, there's like, you know, things with me right now with like my relationship where it's like, I don't see like the, I don't see the end and I don't see the bigger picture, but I, I'm just doing like what's in front, right? you know, and not trying to make a sense of it necessarily. And that's, you know a big part of faith, right. Yeah. Is, is doing the next thing mm-hmm. without being like, well, I'm not there yet. Mm-hmm. You know, I haven't gotten my gratification yet. Yeah. <laughs> we, well, like we really amends. like our, yeah, definitely. Right? I feel like that's like an experience I had with amends where, uh, where like the idea of the amends fucking terrified me, but like the process of going like one thing at a time. And by the time I got to amends, you know, I was able to like do them. Yeah. Yeah. When I first read the steps, I immediately called that ex that I was talking about. (laughs) I was like, you know, a week sober and I was just like, Hey, (laughs) sorry. He, he, his response was amazing. He was like, I don't give a shit about your apology, but I'm really glad that you're okay. And then like hung up, (laughs) you know, and I was just like, that's like exactly what I needed, you know? It's exactly what I needed from that person. Yeah, because that apology was completely selfish. Oh, yeah. It yeah. was just like, hey, remember me. I'm yeah. doing better. Look uh-huh. at me. Do you still care about me? Make me feel better about Make myself. Make me feel better about myself. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so grody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So do you feel like we feel comfortable where we're at? Do you want to talk about anything else specifically? Oh, look at that. Um, My mic broke. <laughs> no, on that note, I think... I think we're good. Yeah, we probably should definitely stop. Yeah. 
The mic broke. Uh-oh. Like it fell out. Like it literally broke. Oh no. Yeah, you broke the mic. I didn't break your mic. No, I'm sorry. Like, you. like you know, like when you somebody comes up and they kill it, they break the mic. Oh, okay. You ever hear that? No, you, I think you think you're thinking of dropping the mic. No, that's a different thing. But it's kind of what? the same thing. But like when uh, when in freestyle rapping. Uh huh. Like they're always bragging about, I come through and I break the mic. All right. Well, then I did that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, great. I think you broke the mic. So uh, figuratively. Thank you. I broke it literally. Yeah. So anyways, thank you for coming to do this. I love you. You're one of my favorite people. I love you people. too. Thank you. You too. And I mean that. Oh. Oh.